If you have a true scary story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to send it my way. Also, consider rating this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, as it does help. And of course, thank you. I have a story that happened to me about eight months ago that I wanted to share, but I needed to get some information from my sister first to make sure that I remembered the whole thing correctly, since she was kind of there for the event too. Plus, since it involves her very young son, I wanted to make sure that she was okay with me sharing it. She was, so here we go. Eight months ago, I was going through a really rough patch with my boyfriend. We'd been having a lot of disagreements about random little things over a time frame of about two weeks. They were things that really shouldn't have bothered either of us. You know how when things in a relationship start to go south, they just keep going south until something as simple as a dirty glass on the counter can turn into a shouting match? Yeah, that's where we were. I had actually left and told him that I was going to spend a couple of days at my sister's house to try and get my head together, which is why I was there. As mentioned, my sister has a young son named Danny, who had just turned six at the time. Danny is a quiet and observant child, often watching others with intensity that's a bit unusual for his age, but he is adorable and I love him. I don't personally want kids, but I would take a bullet for Danny, and he would probably then ask me why I did it because that's who he is. He likes information. That said, I was making it a point to not mention what was going on between myself and my boyfriend around him because Danny and my boyfriend were super close too, and I didn't want to upset him just in case we didn't end up breaking up. During my first night there, I was in the kitchen doing the dishes after dinner, just trying to pull my weight and be helpful since my sister was letting me stay there, and I started thinking about my boyfriend and the last argument that we'd had. It was a dumb argument about money, because he wanted to buy something that I didn't think was important, but he wanted it because it was something he liked. It wasn't expensive, it was just unnecessary. I was sitting there and thinking about whether or not I overreacted. As I was sitting there lost in thought, Danny walked into the kitchen. He walked straight over to me and, without prompting, said, He understands. You need to call him and tell him that you're sorry, and he'll apologize too. I was a bit taken aback as I hadn't said anything about this disagreement to anyone, especially not around him. I was sitting there thinking that he was reading my mind, and as soon as I thought that, Danny kind of chuckled and said, You're silly, Aunt Kay, and then took off back into the living room. Now, that was a bit terrifying, because at that point, it was like he was absolutely reading my mind. But I brushed it off thinking that maybe his statement was more general, and he had heard my sister say something about us having an argument. So... 
maybe he was just telling me to apologize and that it'll be okay. I went ahead and finished the dishes and then went downstairs towards where the guest room was, and I pulled out my phone to see if my boyfriend had texted me or anything, but he hadn't. I was a bit upset about it, but then figured that he was taking the time to himself too, trying to figure some things out. I put my phone in my pocket, and as soon as I turned to go back upstairs, I ran straight into Danny, who was standing on the steps and just watching me. I jumped slightly, and then laughed saying that he had scared me. He didn't even respond to that. He just stared at me straight in the face and said, He's not mad at you. I chuckled a bit, and said thanks for reassuring me, and sort of glanced down at the floor. At this point, I thought that I should maybe ask Danny for advice, considering he seemed to know everything already, and maybe I could use the innocence of a child's mind to get a better perspective. I actually asked him, Well, since you seem to know so much about things, what do you think is going on with us? I swear, when I asked this, Danny puffed up his chest and focused really hard on me like he was reading the cosmos for information. After a few moments, he pauses, smiles, and then says, He's getting a better job, but he's scared that it's going to be hard. I kind of stared at him confused. I hadn't heard anything about a new job or anything like that, and none of us had mentioned it at all. I leaned against the wall and pulled out my phone, staring straight at Danny, and said, Well, let's see if you're right, kiddo. I won't get into the whole conversation that we had, but I will say that Danny was right. I called my boyfriend and asked if we could talk, and he agreed. I then asked him what it was that was stressing him out so much, and at first he wouldn't tell me, but after a bit of prodding, he finally did. He told me that over the past couple of weeks, he had been up for review by his manager, and his manager was trying to get him into a new position. A position with the company that was a major promotion, that came with a major increase in salary, but also added a bit of travel to his duties. He mentioned that he was stressed about it because he wanted to tell me, but he thought that I would get upset about the traveling part and it had been causing him a lot of mental stress. After this, I thanked Danny, but told him that I needed to finish the conversation in my bedroom. He turned and walked away, but finished off with, let him know that he got it, they just have to give him the paper. I nodded and he walked away. We talked about things for about an hour or two. We were both super apologetic, and realized that we were both causing unnecessary problems. Wrapping up a long story here, my boyfriend did get the job. His boss was just waiting for the letter from HR to give him the formal offer. My boyfriend was stressed about the new job prospect, and he was letting it get to him, and it was rubbing off on me, so we were fighting a lot. When we spoke, we both apologized, and it was a good thing that we spoke, because we were able to air out a lot of issues. In the end, Danny was 100% correct on all fronts, on things that he could not have known about. I talked to my sister about everything, 
and she assured me that she hadn't spoken to Danny about my boyfriend for the same reason that I hadn't. She didn't want to upset him. Plus, I don't think that she'd had my boyfriend's number, so there's no way that my sister could have gotten that information from him and passed it on to Danny to get me to call him like that. I firmly believe that this was all Danny, that Danny was somehow able to see something in the situation that we weren't seeing. He was able to know what I was thinking, and he knew the solution. I have no idea if Danny was psychic, or if he had some sort of connection to the Matrix, but I'm talking this up to a glitch of some sort, to Danny having access to information that we don't. I guess it's possible that there was some kind of coordination that I wasn't aware of, but I honestly do not think so. Danny hasn't done anything else crazy like this since, so it may have just been some kind of temporary ability or insight. Thankfully, nothing else out of the ordinary has happened, but I honestly cannot help but wonder if there's more to Danny than meets the eye. I've been a long-time listener to Glitch Stories over multiple podcasts, and I've always enjoyed them. They're definitely my favorite type of paranormal-like stories. I have one event that I'm pretty certain was a glitch, but it's something that has bothered me ever since it happened. The story actually begins with my childhood best friend, whom I'll call Sasha for the sake of privacy. Sasha and I grew up in the same neighborhood, and we were absolutely inseparable from the day that we met in kindergarten up to the day that she moved just before freshman year. We shared countless memories. The main and most important one to this story is when she turned 12. On her 12th birthday, her dad had bought her an acoustic guitar, because she claimed that she wanted to learn how to play it. After that day, Sasha had spent hours each week learning how to play it, and between then and the day that they moved away, she had learned how to play it really well. She was absolutely talented, to the point that she could listen to a song a couple of times and could easily start strumming the notes of the song or tell what tuning the song was in. Basically, she was on her way to become a guitar prodigy. The next year, I had actually gotten a little drum set that was basically a single snare, a bass drum, and a cymbal, and I sucked at it. But we had plans to start a band someday. And I even remember the band's name. We were going to call ourselves Blue Rock, because it sounded cool to our young brains. Then, just before freshman year, her dad ended up getting a job offer out of state, and they ended up having to move to another state. We promised that we would always be friends and that we would keep in touch, but of course, as things go, we ended up losing touch. Fast forward to about a year ago, I was sitting on Facebook and thinking about some old friends that I had lost communications with, and Sasha's name came to mind. I went and searched for her, and I did find her. Her account was private, but 
I knew that face anywhere, so I immediately sent her a friend request. When she accepted, I went over and started scrolling to see what she had been doing with her life. And I was sad to see that there were no mentions of her musical talent, no mentions or videos of her with a guitar. Instead, she seemed to have a bunch of photos of paintings and food. I figured that she may have just shifted interests as she grew up. It's a bit disappointing, but it is what it is. I sent her a message and thought that I would be funny. I said, Hey, now that we're connected again, do you want to go ahead and get Blue Rock going? With a laughing emoji. She sent me a question mark and asked what Blue Rock was. I was heartbroken. She had completely forgotten our musical plans. I mentioned that it was our band that we were going to start, and that she was going to sing and play guitar, and that I was going to play the drums, and we were going to take over the world from our small town in Idaho. She mentioned that she had no idea what I was talking about. I sent a sad face but moved on, saying, Oh well, do you still play guitar at least? And, once again, she had no idea what I meant. According to Sasha, she has literally never played guitar. Ever. She never got a guitar for her birthday, she and I never made plans to start a band, and she wasn't a guitar prodigy. I was beyond confused. These were core memories for me. Sasha was basically my only friend from the time I was five to when she moved, so there's no way that I confused her with another friend. I remember listening to her playing Sweet Child of Mine on her guitar because I was amazed at the fact that she figured it out. I remember spending the night at her place and us writing lyrics for these cringy songs about how much we loved the rain and other stupid preteen things. All of these things are things that I can recall in pure and clean detail. But, according to Sasha, they never happened. We've spoken on the phone and even met up once when she came to town to visit her parents, and I actually went with her to see them, and they didn't remember ever getting her a guitar either. In fact, her dad mentioned that they had actually gotten her a camera for her 12th birthday because she wanted to be a photographer. So, unfortunately, my Sasha is gone. And while I do adore this new Sasha, and she's definitely similar to my old best friend, I'm still very confused as to where the Sasha that played guitar went. She was so talented. She was such a lovely person, and the fact that she is gone is... depressing. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like this? I'm certain that it's not just a false memory. There's no way that I made all of this up in my head, as there are so many things I recall, but of course, I don't have any proof. Nor can I seem to find any photos or anything with Sasha holding a guitar. I hope that my original Sasha does still exist in her timeline, and that she's out there making beautiful music for the world. And hopefully the me in her timeline is a bit better at the drums.
this is a long one, so brace yourself. Last year, I, 23, female, moved into my grandmother's house to look after her. She lives on a big property with a field, an orchard, a large garden, and a dingle at the bottom of the driveway. I know this place like the back of my hand. I've visited her since I was a child. We also have a neighbor whom I've met a few times. He has a wife who baked us a bunch of really beautiful cupcakes that her husband brought over. However, at the start of the story, I had never met her. So, a couple of days ago, I wanted to repay the favor. So, I made a batch of 20 brownies with my sister and started my walk to their house. As I'm walking down the driveway, I snuck one out to eat myself because, well, I figured I'd earned it. So, I'm walking and eating. The geography of it is a bit weird to describe, but essentially, their house is on an embankment above my grandma's driveway, which leads to the main road. To go there without trespassing on their land, I would have to walk the main road, and then head up the hill to a side road and enter their driveway that way. On this day, I got to the dingle at the bottom of the driveway and felt lazy. What's the point of going all the way around when I can just enter through their gate at the bottom here? I'd been to their house many times as a child when my grandma's friends still lived there, so I actually knew their house quite well. Those friends passed away a couple of years ago, so this couple moved in about the same time that I moved in with my grandma. Their gate leads to a little path that goes through their back garden. It's a really steep back garden that mostly consists of wide wooden steps all the way across, with plants and garden gnomes on each one. It's pretty picturesque, honestly. As I was walking up their garden, feeling self-conscious about trespassing, but actually not giving enough of a damn not to, I tripped on one of those steps. I have dyspraxia, which, for those who don't know, like myself, is a brain-based motor disorder that affects fine and gross motor skills, motor planning, and coordination. I face-planted because I was holding the brownies and I didn't want to drop them. I ended up tumbling over a couple of the steps, too. As I'm lying there, shocked and in a little pain, I hear my neighbor's wife come running down the garden. She's asking if I was okay, obviously surprised to see me there. Bear in mind that she had never seen my face before, so she must have been extra baffled. I told her that I was just there to drop off some brownies that I'd baked, but as I'm saying this, I noticed the tub of brownies is just missing. I was literally holding them 30 seconds before. Cue extreme embarrassment. I assumed that they had fallen down the garden somehow in my fall, but this isn't a small tub. It's relatively big, and there's no sign of it anywhere. After ten minutes of looking, I admit defeat and tell her sorry, that I'll go make some more and bring them some other time. Red-faced, I retreated back to my grandma's house. Then, yesterday, I decided to go and sit in my grandma's orchard with my cat. He's a pretty weird cat. Used to be a stray, and you get better bonding time with him by chilling in a tree with him than you do by giving him dreamies and pets or whatever. So my cat and I are chilling in a tree in my grandma's orchard, 
when my cat suddenly jumps down and jogs all giddy-like to the shed at the back of the orchard. It's a really decrepit shed that hasn't been opened since, like, 2006. It could have contained gold bars and I wouldn't have a clue. I thought that he just saw a mouse or something, but I was curious, so I followed him. There's a ditch filled with nettles and brambles right outside the shed, and I noticed that my cat is trying to find a pain-free way to get in the bushes there. I'm like, what the hell? You're fighting a losing battle there, my guy. He looks up at me, and meows. Which is weird in itself, because this animal never meows. Like, he really doesn't know how, being a stray and all. I'm taken aback. Like, what do you want me to do, little man? And that's when I see it. The corner of a box that looks very similar to something I lost. Peeking out from behind a bunch of a fully war-torn nettle. But I have jeans on and the pain tolerance of all my ancestors, so I waded in and edged it out. Lo and behold, it's my tub of brownies. I can't really describe the degree of absolute confusion I felt at this moment. You ever get that vibe that there's a bunch of calculations going on just outside your field of view that you will never comprehend? My cat was freaked out about it. He didn't like the tub at all. That's not completely out of character for him because he can be skittish sometimes, with no explicable reason. But I let him sniff the box, and then he bopped away with his back all puffed out. Extremely bewildered, I took the box inside and opened it. I counted the brownies, and there's 19, which accounts for the one that I had eaten on my way down. They're still completely fresh and taste delicious. I actually ate another one, so I figured I would take it over. I go to my neighbor's this time, the long way around, and I knock on the door, and it's the wife. I apologize profusely for the last time and hand her the tub. She was looking at me a little perplexed, and then she said, I don't think we've met before, have we? I'm pretty sure that this is the moment in most video games where the protagonist loses her absolute marbles and becomes an anti-hero with wild mental health issues. I described to her what happened the last time, and she has no memory of it at all. But I recognized her. It definitely happened. So I dip again, embarrassed once more, and this is the point that I'm at now. So, explanations, people? Hi, Raven. The events that I'm about to share happened this week, and the first thing I thought of when they happened was that I had to submit this to you. I'm leaving this in the story as I narrate this because I want to personally say thank you. So, thank you for idea 810. Anyways, my fiancé and I live together with his little brother. We have the master bedroom and own side of the house, and his brother has his own area across the house. My fiancé and his brother work and run a business together. There are two sets of keys for the house. My fiancé and I share a set of keys and his brother has his own. So when they leave for work in the morning, my fiancé leaves our set of keys with me 
for when I leave and they both share his brother's keys to get back in at the end of the day. My fiancé and I can read each other's body language super well. Oftentimes, for certain things, we will just use brief, easy gestures and know what's going on. Well, when my fiancé leaves for work each morning, he simply nods at me and then places our set of keys either on his bedside table or inside the top drawer of our dresser, so that I see where he's putting them. The other morning, he did his usual nod as he was telling me he loved me, placed the keys on his bedside table, gave me a kiss, and left. I laid down, watched some TV, and roughly 20 minutes after he left, I decided to order some coffee on DoorDash. After I purchased and completed my order, I looked over at his bedside table to grab them so that I would have them when my coffee arrived. But they weren't there. Each of our individual bedside tables are always clean and never have much on them other than a water bottle, occasionally a pair of earbuds and our glasses, so the keys would be pretty impossible to miss. I checked his bedside drawers in case they fell, still no keys. I then checked the entire bed, thinking that perhaps I falsely remembered him putting them on the bedside table, and he had left them on the bed. I shook out the sheets, checked under the pillows, checked under where I was sitting, and no keys in sight. I then thought that maybe he had actually left the keys inside the dresser today and that my memory was foggy because I hadn't had my coffee yet, and, feeling lazy, decided I would just grab them from the dresser when my coffee arrived, because they had to be in there. We don't leave the keys anywhere else other than the two places I stated. Another 30 minutes or so go by and I get the notification that my coffee is finally ready. Right before I get up to go to the dresser, I instantly and very suddenly feel something sharp under my left butt cheek. I thought, it can't be. I reach down and right there in my hand are the keys. What freaks me out the most is not the fact that I literally checked the whole bed and that they weren't there, but the fact that I literally felt them materialize out of thin air underneath me. It felt as if there was a force quickly pushing them into existence and into my skin. I was also wearing shorts. I would have felt them digging into my skin. Well, I took the keys, and I went to get my coffee and went about with my day. I made a mental note to tell my fiancé about this, but had forgotten up until almost the same event happened to him last night, and this time we were in bed together. I had gotten my fiancé a pair of great earbuds a few months ago, and he usually keeps them either on his bedside table or in the top drawer of it. Well, yesterday, he was doing work on his laptop and using the earbuds. He had the earbuds case on the bed. At one point during his work time, I distracted him a little bit from work, and he quickly put his earbuds back in the case, tossed them aside on the bed, and we had our time. After getting dressed, we realized that his earbuds were missing and had obviously gotten lost in our bed. We tore apart the bed for about 15 minutes, and they weren't there. Literally all of the bedding was on the floor by this point, and we had shaken out everything. No earbuds case. We checked the floor, the bedside tables, and the dresser to see if he had accidentally misplaced them. No earbuds. He stated, Well, I guess a ghost took him. 
we both went on to cook dinner and enjoy the night. Skip forward a few hours, we're laying in bed cuddling, when he suddenly feels something. He reaches down under his butts, and he pulls out from under him the missing earbuds. He looked so confused, and said that he felt like they had just kind of materialized underneath him. He said that he felt a weird, sudden pressure and then instantly felt them under his butt. We'd been rolling around as well, and we would have felt and seen something underneath us. I froze, and then I remembered to tell him what had happened to me the other day with the keys. He listened with a surprised expression. Whilst telling him, I also remembered that during our time... I looked towards the window and in the reflection saw a black shadow quickly dart across and completely block the light in the hallway area of our room that leads to our bathroom. It was brief, and I brushed it off as him, but as I keep playing it in my head over and over, the same memory goes. The shadow darted across before he began climbing on top of me, so it wasn't him. This happened shortly after he had tossed the earbuds onto the bed, coincidentally, shortly before they went missing. We also see repeating angel numbers on an excessive amount of times every single day. I'm very susceptible to the paranormal, and I know that our house isn't haunted. I don't feel it, and I don't feel any external presences. I never have. About an hour before the earbuds materialized underneath him, my fiancé also claimed to have seen a warm, friendly face in the kitchen from the corner of his eyes, but he brushed it off as nothing. It was concluded that these incidences happened in the exact same spot. Both of these items had gone missing without a trace, and then had materialized back under us in the exact same spot on the bed, without explanation. Could there be a portal or glitch in that particular spot? Is it possible we have angels or spirits helping us out? Could it be us moving or walking around in a parallel universe or reality that somehow briefly brushed against this one? We might not ever know. And while I know my fiancé has likely already forgotten about it by now, it's very heavy on my mind and I know that it will continue to be. Whatever it is, I'm not scared of it. Despite the shadow being dark, to me it almost feels not like a spirit, but rather a friendly, warm, mysterious force trying to help. It feels like a warm force that's smiling upon us, reaching out a hand, giving a little nudge of help when we need it. It feels like it briefly took these items from us to, perhaps, prevent something else bad from happening, like a butterfly effect thing, and then gave them back at the right time. I do work on houses that are being built, doing inspections and checks on wiring and various other things. I work on a fairly small team of four guys, and for the most part, it's usually just myself and my boss on a job since I'm the senior member of the team, and we can get a job done pretty quickly. Some parts of my job require me to get up into nooks and crannies of homes that are still being put together, 
and usually, if I have to cram myself into one of these areas to do a wire check, I'll grab my cell phone and use it as a flashlight. Because I don't own an actual flashlight. It's 2023. My phone can replace a lot of my tools, so why shouldn't it? Anyways, on the day that this seriously crazy event happened, my boss and I went to Taco Bell for breakfast before we went out to our job. But we went through the drive-thru. We didn't actually go into the restaurant. We got our food, which I will say was horribly unhealthy, and was something we should not have done, and got to our job. We sat at a partially built kitchen counter and ate and were talking about various aspects of what we needed to confirm that day and what we needed to completely finish. We finish our breakfast, get our stuff together, and get to work. Throughout the day, I had to use my phone as a flashlight and to call into the office for information as well as text my wife. It was in my hand for a good amount of the day up until around 1 when my boss and I decided we were going to take a lunch break. I put my phone down on the counter and we both head outside to just sit and drink our soda on the front step. It was pretty common for us to get breakfast and just relax for a bit on our lunch break, so we weren't planning on going anywhere or anything like that. After the 45 minutes or so is up, my boss stands up and says, Alright, let's get back to it. We should be able to finish this job out in a couple of hours, and maybe we can head out a bit early. I nodded, saying that sounded like a good plan, and we walked back in. After a couple of minutes, I needed my phone, and reached down to my pockets, and... it wasn't there. After a couple of moments, I remembered that I had put my phone down on the kitchen counter just before we took our break and I told my boss that I needed to run downstairs to go get it. I ran down to the kitchen, and it wasn't there. My phone was not on the counter. I was a bit concerned, but we were the only two on the job, and the house was built to the point that it had walls and doors, so there was no way that someone could have snuck onto the job and stolen my phone so I figured that my boss may have been playing a prank on me and had grabbed it earlier to mess with me. I ran back up the stairs and asked if he had my phone. He shook his head, saying no. I mentioned that it wasn't on the counter, and he asked if I may have grabbed it and put it somewhere else and just forgotten. I didn't think that was the case, but then I asked him if he could call the phone real quick so I could try to find it. He agreed, grabbed his cell phone, and dialed and I could not hear it ringing. I definitely had it on ring, not vibrate, for safety reasons on the job, and it was not ringing. It was ringing on my boss's side, though, so it was definitely on. It went to voicemail at first, and I asked him if he could call it again, and he did. But that's where things got really weird. After a couple of rings, someone actually answered the phone. At first, my boss pulled his phone away from his face to make sure he called the right number, and he had. He then asked who he was speaking with, and the person said that they were an employee at Taco Bell, and that they had found this phone sitting on the sink in the restroom and asked if we were the owners. 
my boss stared at me and just sort of said, Yeah, we were trying to find the phone. You said it's at Taco Bell? The one at the intersection where we got breakfast, right? And the woman confirmed. She said that she would keep it behind the counter if we could come and get it. My manager said that we would be right there. Needless to say, this was confusing as hell. How did my phone end up at Taco Bell? Much less the restroom of Taco Bell. We didn't go in, so I didn't go into the restroom. I had used the phone a couple of times while we had been working the job that day, and I swear I sent a text to my wife. My manager told me to go ahead and go get it, since it was only a couple of minutes away, and I did. And when I got it, I checked to see if the text messages were there. They weren't. The battery was also at 95%, which, if I'd been using my flashlight like I had been, was impossible. There's no way that I was using my boss's phone at the job, as he was definitely using it. I swear that I had it at the house, and I swear that I left it on the counter before we stepped out for a few minutes, but... It somehow had teleported to a Taco Bell restroom that I didn't go in a couple of miles down the road. I have a weird and hopefully short glitch that I wanted to share, as it's something that really, really bothered me when it happened. And... It's honestly causing me a bit of mental anguish to this day. I'm going to try to make this quick, but I can't make any promises. I do have issues with talking too much. Sorry. In order to really get a good sense of what happened, though, I do have to give a bit of setup and context. And that's probably where this will get to be a longer story. So, this occurred about a year ago, around summertime. Last year, I finally finished my degree, and, as such, it was going to be the first summer of freedom that I'd had for a long time. I went straight from high school to college, so, while I had summer vacations then, I had spent the last four years having no more than a couple of weeks to myself between quarters. Because of the fact that my time off was so minimal, between working a full-time job and having classes... I haven't had much of a social life. I promised myself that, when I graduated, I would drive back home and spend a week with my friends and family. I finished my degree, graduated, and made sure that I had the time all scheduled off work, and then did exactly that. The glitch itself is one that's weird, and it Part of me wants to think that it is something to do with my memory, but I'm 99% certain that it's not. When I got to my parents' house, everything was wrong. I don't just mean that it felt weird, I mean that everything inside the house was not how I remembered it at all. Now, mind you, some people may say that it had just been a while since I'd been there, so I forgot how it looked but I spent 18 years in this house, and I was there for a day or two less than a year prior, and it all seemed right back then. So here's the boring part of the story. 
I have to explain what I remember and what it is now. I'll try to do so without getting too deep. Here's what I remember. The front door would open into the living room, there was a dining room just past that, and the kitchen to the left. There was also one bedroom downstairs with a full bath next to it, all to the right of everything else. And upstairs, there were two bedrooms and a half bath. However, now, somehow, this map is all incorrect. The front door opens into a hallway, and the stairs are right there. The dining room is seemingly on the other side of the kitchen, and there is now a full bathroom, and the room that I thought was a bedroom is now more of a sunroom. Like, it has a lot of windows, but it's hardwood, and not suited for a bed. Upstairs is even more confusing, because there are still two bedrooms, but what I remember is that there were two rooms and then the half-bath. But now, it's one room, half-bath, second room. There's also a window upstairs that was definitely not there. I remember that hallway always being super dark if you had the lights off at all times. Now, it's well lit with a window that faces east. What's even weirder, my parents have two kids myself, and my younger brother. Why would there only have been one extra bedroom? I don't remember us sharing rooms, and I haven't asked him because we're not on the best terms, but I feel like I would recall spending my childhood sharing a bedroom with him. When I walked into that house, I felt so lost. Like I literally had no idea where things were in my childhood home. I actually asked my mom how they had renovated and changed so much, but she kind of just stared at me and said, We didn't change anything. What are you talking about? And I really don't think that she was messing with me because, based on what changed, they would have had to have damn near rebuilt the entire house, and they don't have that kind of money. They both were acting like it has always been like this, my mom has pictures from when I was a kid that show the stairs in the hallways like they are now. And, from what I can tell, everything is pointing to this being the house that I grew up in. They haven't moved, it's the same number and street name. So, I guess now my childhood home is nothing like what I recall. Again, I want to say that maybe this is a memory issue or there's something wrong with me, but I'm perfectly healthy, and I find it hard to believe that I would just forget how a house looked that I spent most of my life in and visited just a year prior. As it is, I'm chalking this up to a glitch in the Matrix and calling it a day, so hopefully you find this interesting enough to share with your audience, because it's messed me up pretty badly. to start. Obligatory long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm not on any illicit drugs nor alcohol, nor am I mentally unstable. I know that this could all probably be implied through the story that I'm submitting, but I also know that people could try to tell me that I was hallucinating due to something like this, so I wanted to get ahead of it. 
This isn't too crazy of a story, but it was weird. And it was one of those things that really got to me when it happened. So, I thought I would go ahead and share it, and if anyone enjoys it, then it did its job. This was a few weeks ago. I was driving home from work, and, as always, I ended up stuck in stop-and-go traffic on the highway as I was always leaving dead in the middle of rush hour. There is a stretch of highway that always backs up, because it has a merger from another highway and it's a total pain. The sun was setting, it was shining in from behind me, thankfully, and the weather was actually pretty nice. I was sitting there, waiting for things to speed up, when I looked over to my left and saw a bright red car pulling up beside me. The car caught my attention, because it was pretty clearly a vintage model though I couldn't tell you what it was as I'm not much of a car enthusiast. That said, this car was gorgeous. Cherry red, top-down convertible, absolutely pristine condition, and I really couldn't help but admire it as it pulled up beside me. It wasn't like I was going anywhere anytime soon, so I had a moment or two to soak it up. As it pulled up, I got a good look at the driver, an older man with aviator sunglasses and a baseball cap with some sports team on it. I looked over, he looked over at me, he gave a nod, and I gave a thumbs up so as to say, damn, that's a nice car. For a few minutes, we were side by side. I kept glancing over thinking about how nice of a car it was how much I would be scared to take it out into rush hour traffic like this, thinking of the possibility of some idiot not paying attention to the road coming along and just completely destroying it. But then, something happened. I glanced down at my clock to check the time. I noted how long traffic was taking, and then I went to look back, and the car was gone. It had completely vanished without a trace. To cut out some of the quote-unquote logical explanations that may get thrown my way, there is no way that this car sped off ahead of me out of sight, as traffic wasn't moving. He couldn't have changed lanes and gotten ahead or behind me, as I kind of checked all around and he was nowhere. Not to mention the fact that he was in the leftmost lane, and I was in the center of this three-lane highway. Where the red car was, there was now a white or silverish Camry with a younger woman driving it. But the car that was in front of where he was, was the same car. There's no way that he got over to the shoulder to gun it ahead of all of us, as this section of the highway doesn't really have a left-hand shoulder. And I can't imagine he would have risked destroying that car by doing that. Plus... I'm pretty sure that I would have seen him do so when I looked back over, as the time between glancing at the clock and back up was less than a second. Obviously, I was confused, and a bit upset. Somehow this car had just straight up disappeared from right next to me. I spent the rest of the drive home thinking about it, and it actually bothered me. I've heard of disappearing object phenomenon, but a whole car? Driver included? 
just vanishing like that in rush hour traffic on the highway? It was definitely bizarre, to say the least. And after thinking about it way too long, the only explanation I can come up with is that he either defied the laws of reality and teleported out of traffic, or this was a legitimate glitch. If it was the former, well, then I hope to meet that guy again so that I can learn about this new technology. But if it's the latter, well, I hope he's out there in the Matrix living his best life. I was invited to a friend's wedding last Memorial Day. It's a four-hour drive to my hometown, but I have friends and family I want to visit. So I took the weekend off. Friday morning, I stopped by work to pick up my paycheck, and then stopped by Walmart to cash it, and then 7-Eleven to fill the tank, buy a couple packs of smokes, and then hit the road. I get into town, visited some friends, and then went to my ex-wife's to visit my daughter and slept there. In the morning, I put all but $500 in a pack of smokes and threw them in the glove compartment. I went to the wedding, visited with friends, and then went back to my daughter's to visit some more, and then headed over to a friend's. We talked for a couple of hours, and I ran out of smokes in the pack that I had on me. So, I went out to the car, grabbed the pack from the glove box. They were not there. I cleaned out my car, nowhere to be found. I talked to my ex-wife and my daughter, and they both said they didn't find them anywhere. It was late, and I was tired, so I turned and headed back an hour drive to my ex-wife's house to sleep, and would try retracing everything in the morning. After coming up with nothing, I put $50 of the last 75 that I had in my pocket in the gas tank, bought another pack of smokes, and went to head out on the five-hour drive home. I got back about five minutes before I had to be at work, so I just went directly in. When my shift was over, I went home and went right to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I reached over and grabbed a pack of smokes off of the nightstand. It had $500 in it, and the other pack was in my coat pocket. Now, I know that there's no way that I had left them there because I didn't stop back by my place after cashing my check. My smokes had somehow disappeared from my glove box and then reappeared 200 miles away at my house. I'm still trying to figure out if it was a trickster like Loki or Coyote or some kind of glitch in the Matrix. Hey Raven, I've been listening non-stop for around a month now. I absolutely love your channel and wish I had stumbled upon it sooner. Which, again, leaving this in here, to of course say thank you. Anyway, I would like to share a relatively short glitch that happened towards the end of my sophomore year in high school. So, early summer of 2002. I was in theater and we had just finished our last performance of My Fair Lady. It was a matinee performance, and the entire theater club, tech crew, and staff were going to go have dinner at a nearby restaurant 
once everyone had a chance to change out of their costumes, break down the stage, etc. A friend that lived in a neighborhood near the school was getting a ride to their house to change clothes, so me, and a small group of others, decided to take the ride and then just walk the neighborhood until it was time to meet at the restaurant. Before I go any further, I'll take a moment to mention that no drugs or alcohol were present, and I'm still close with four of the six people who saw this take place. Those four people still remember what happened and recount it the same way that I do. We had parked near my friend's house, waiting for them to change, and now we're just walking along the side streets, talking about D&D of all things. My friends were trying to get me to play, and were explaining character creation to me. It was getting close to sunset, and it was kind of humid, and out of nowhere the neighborhood gets super foggy and thick, and dark clouds start forming in the sky in one direction. It looked like rain might be moving our way, so we decided we should make our way back to my friend's truck. It didn't start really raining, but we did notice that we were getting hit with big warm drops of water every now and then. Like how it feels if water just drips off something onto you. I started hearing this weird buzzing sound. I asked my friend if they could hear it, and for a few minutes, it seemed that no one could hear it but me. It was getting louder and louder, and finally my boyfriend at the time says, Oh, I hear it now. I think it's the mosquito truck. For those of you who don't know, in places where mosquitoes can be a problem, there's a truck that drives around and sprays poison. It's very loud and annoying. But this grinding, buzzing noise was getting louder very fast. But now everyone could hear it. I had to talk over it almost yelling. I responded, there's no way that that's the mosquito truck. It was even louder at this point. I was holding my ears. We're all just standing there disoriented by this roaring noise looking up at the sky. Suddenly, I noticed two and then four dim lights in the clouds, in a row, getting brighter and brighter. And I yell, what is that? A massive airplane flying out of the dark clouds. The lights were the reflection of the sun behind us, off the center of its four propellers. This thing was huge. Bigger than any plane I've seen in my life. This is where the unbearable sound was coming from. It was so loud. This thing was extremely low. Far too low. And moving unbelievably slowly. It seemed to hang and sway back and forth in the sky above us. The neighborhood has radio towers in it, and we were on a street that was very close to them. We could, in fact, see the base for one of them in the backyard of a house on this street. This plane was so low and close that it looked like it was between the two radio towers. It also looked like it was about to crash into the street that we were on. It would have had to. It looked like one of the wings was actually going to hit the towers. We all ran in different directions, holding our ears. I crouched down in a shallow ditch, crying because I was terrified. Then, the noise just stopped. I stood up and saw my friends looking confused as we all came back together to reform our group. We just stared at the sky. The sound was gone, 
the plane was gone. It didn't fly over us. We couldn't see it in the sky anymore, and we couldn't hear the noise in the distance. It literally just stopped. Within minutes, the fog and clouds cleared up, and that was it. To this day, I can't really explain what happened, and I've not experienced anything like that since. Without getting extremely wordy, I will say that I think it had something to do with the radio towers. I did get curious as to what kind of airplane it was, and after describing it a few years later to a friend who was super into military planes, he was able to show me a picture matching it pretty much exactly. The plane that he showed me was a picture of a Boeing B-29 Super Fortress, which was a massive American bomber used in World War II and the Korean War, if anyone wanted to look it up. I don't know if this is a glitch in the Matrix, a glitch in technology, or just good luck. Anyway, the universe has definitely been looking out for me. A month ago, I felt really weak with body pain and extreme fatigue. No cough or tough breathing, but knowing my body and normal aches and pains and the normal tiredness, I knew that this feeling was quite different. I went ahead and took the C-19 test, and, damn it, I was positive. Although bummed a little, I was kind of happy because, hey, five days off work. <laughs> Anyways, I had some money put away for a rainy day, so I felt like this was the perfect time to use it. However, I should have saved that money for when I got my check and was missing a whole week of pay. Well, I didn't think of that. I was so bored at home that I managed to spend $1,500 on food and other random things. Whatever popped up as an ad on my phone, and I thought it was cool, I ordered it. I also paid a couple of bills, and pretty soon it was back to work. Well, the check comes, and it's a horrible disappointment. After paying the rest of my bills and getting household stuff, I was left with $20. Now, here's where it gets weird. I have my money on a Cash App card. Anytime someone sends me money, the notification will pop up and, in the history, it'll show who it came from. I was getting down, trying to figure out who I could borrow money from, but decided to just go to sleep. I woke up the next day and was going to ask someone to send me money, and noticed there was an extra $20 on it. Wait, what? So I checked the history, but no one had sent me anything. Weird, I thought, but thanks. So I spent it. The next day I wake up, and it's like 25 more on my card. So I'm like, cool. But then I was like, something strange is going on. This went on every day, literally, until I got my next check. I would go to bed with one amount and wake up with random more money on my card. I don't know how this was happening, but I'm glad that it did. My sister told me that it could be money back from something I ordered, however, everything I ordered came, and the money came off my card. Plus, like I said, 
it gives you a notification of where the money comes from, or goes to. However, this random money had no trace to it. It was just there, and I'm thankful for it. Unfortunately, once my work checks got back to normal, I haven't gotten any extras. It was good while it lasted. So, I'm 16 and was 14 at the time this happened. It was a few years ago, but I still think about it a lot. I stayed a few nights at my older sister's house, and when I got home, it was about 8pm, so my little brothers were getting ready for bed. My Bluetooth earbuds were dead. I was bummed because I normally sleep listening to music or white noise. So I go to plug them in, but my little brother is using the charger and we kind of argue over it until he says that I could use it. So I plug them in and I get to bed. The next morning I went to get them, but they were gone. I thought maybe my brothers knocked them down, so I looked for them on the floor and around the area. Me and my two little brothers share a room and it's quite small, so it shouldn't be too hard to find a bright green earbud case. After about 10 minutes of looking, my older sister texted me telling me that I left my earbuds there, and I told her that I didn't because I just had them last night. But she sent a picture of them, and I was very confused. I only own one pair of earbuds, because they were expensive. So how did they end up there again? When I told my grandma, she just kind of shrugged and didn't care too much, but my little brothers and I remember me plugging them in. To this day, I don't have any other explanation for this other than it being a glitch in the Matrix. A quick note before we get through this story, the submitter uh, did mention that English was not their first language, and I believe in this story, whenever they mention jeeps, they mean buses? Um, I can imagine there are probably places where buses are made by jeep and they're probably just referred to as jeeps. It's entirely possible. I didn't want to change the wording uh, because it's not my story to change, so I did want to mention that in case anyone hears this and gets confused. Okay, here we go. I was heading home from school one late afternoon. The sky was getting dark and the lampposts were lit, and a white jeep dropped me off at the terminal, which was also a parking lot of a mall. A section of the area was allotted for the jeep terminal, and another section for the deliveries and cargo. The rest of the lot was almost empty, and there was barely anyone walking around. On an ordinary weekday, green and orange jeeps have other routes, indicated by large text labels on each side of the vehicle, and the unnamed ones, without route indications, were all headed to my village. While I was walking down the lot, I saw that there was only one unnamed jeep, a fairly small one. It's painted yellow and has no route indication. But since I've been in it multiple times before, 
I already know who the driver is and how many passengers it can accommodate, which was around 16 to 18 people. Subconsciously, and cautiously looking around for other passing vehicles, I reached the jeep and sat down inside. While waiting for more passengers, I noticed that something felt odd. The cushion of the chair and the structure of the front of the jeep looked less familiar. The seats were white, and the dashboard was stainless steel. The ceiling was higher than I expected, and the jeep looked like it could accommodate up to 22 passengers. At that moment, I thought that it wasn't the yellow jeep. The seats of the yellow jeep were red. The dashboard was yellow, and it's old and almost rusty. Trying to prove my doubts wrong, I peeked outside the window to look at the route indication. I didn't expect to see anything, but there it was. The jeep was headed to a specific location, and it wasn't painted at all. Just plain grey metal. I was so confused because I was sure that this was the yellow jeep. I looked for it in the parking lot, but only the grey jeep was headed to my village. The lot was vast and there were only a few cars parked there, so it's easy to look for any vehicle. But there was no yellow jeep in sight. No jeeps had taken off in the last 15 minutes, so I knew that it didn't just leave. I even looked for its driver, but he was nowhere to be found. Until the jeep had taken off, I was still wondering, did I see it wrong? Was I just tired and mistook it for another jeep? Or was this some kind of glitch in the Matrix, and I switched realities? Hello. Back in the spring of 2007, my wife and I were heading to the Late Show to catch a midnight movie. We live in the suburbs of the Westminster area in Colorado, so... We weren't isolated. I usually work until midnight, but that night was a Friday, so I got off a couple of hours early. We decided to head to the supermarket to get some candy, and on the way was the city hall, and across was the single street that we take to get to the 24-hour market. Several apartment buildings are standing 100 feet high, and when we turned down the road, there it was just maybe 150 feet tall right above the apartments, was a floating passenger plane in mid-air, and not moving, as if it was stuck. I slowed down as we drove under it. The lights from the plane were on, and you could still hear the engines running, which made it windy and loud. I thought that maybe it had gotten stuck in an air pocket, or something scientific, or whatever, so we kept driving as if nothing was out of place. We got our candy, taking our time because we still had time before the show started, and headed back the same way. After all, my wife needed her insulin shot that she had forgotten. We were in the market for about 20 minutes, and as we head back, there it was. The small passenger plane was still stuck in the midair, and the engines were still running as we drove back under it again. But this time, I stuck my head out, and saw that yes, it was a commercial plane. 
a smaller one that seats maybe a hundred people just stuck there floating. My wife told me to just keep going and head in another direction towards the movie once we got her insulin. I did, and we've forgotten about it, until we headed home late at night and I brought it back up again. My wife refused to talk about it because it scared her. I was trying to come up with an explanation after all of these years. Now, I've read UFO reports about how UFOs turned into planes to hide, and thought maybe we saw a UFO. After seeing some people upload videos onto YouTube about planes stopping in midair, and a bird also stopping in midair, and then hearing your show, I think I did have my glitch in the Matrix moment. At the time of this submission, this is something that happened yesterday afternoon. There are probably plenty of reasonable explanations, but I've been listening to this podcast for the past month or so, and my mind immediately went to glitch when this happened. I play recreational ice hockey, and every time I get home from a game, I take my gear out of my bag and lay it on the floor to dry. I've always put everything in the exact same spot every single time, and have been doing so for years. So, the chances of me misplacing something are pretty slim. One part of gear that I always lay out to dry are my padded wrist guards. Think tennis sweatbands with some foam and plastic padding on the top to protect from slashes. They're black, with a white logo and easy to see on my light floors. I played in a game on Monday night and then came home and set all of my gear out as usual. The next day, Tuesday, I went to pack everything back into my bag. However, my wrist guards had completely disappeared. I moved my bag around a little and looked in all of the pockets, and they were nowhere to be found. I was so convinced that I lost them that I actually texted a teammate slash friend to say that I may have left them in the locker room. Fast forward to the next day, Wednesday, and I was removing a handful of jerseys from the hangers in the utility closet that's right next to my bag, so that I could access the AC filter the next day. I threw them all on top of my bag, looked around on the floor, and still, no wrist guards. Fast forward another day, Thursday, I get home from work and am standing at my kitchen sink, which is to the immediate right of where I keep all of my hockey gear. I look over, and laying on the floor in the exact spot where I would have put them three days prior are my wrist guards, clear as day. I was incredibly confused. I would not have missed these in the several times I was around my bag in the past couple of days. It's truly like they disappeared and then came back a few days later. There is probably a more reasonable explanation for this, but none of them really make sense, as I did absolutely nothing different when unpacking my gear. This was my first experience with something like this, and I'm curious to know if it'll be my last. This is a pretty short story, but 
strange nonetheless. Uh, just a quick note, I have my alarm set for 5.30am every weekday for school, with additional alarms 15 minutes apart if I want to sleep in a little more. So, the next alarm would be 5.45 and then 6. A couple of weeks ago, my alarm for 5.30 went off. I had gone to bed at a very late time that night, and figured that another 15 minutes would do me well. So, I clicked dismiss and went back to bed. 15 minutes later, at 5.45, my other alarm goes off once again and I clicked the dismiss button. I put my phone down beside me and flopped face down onto the pillow for a few seconds to prepare myself for the annoying long day of school ahead of me. After those few seconds, I grabbed my phone and got out of bed. I usually check my social media as I get ready, so I went to unlock my phone. I saw that the time was 5.33am. Immediately I was thrown off because I knew that I had dismissed my alarm twice already, and if I had accidentally pressed the snooze button on the alarm, it would have gone off 9 minutes later, which would have been 5.39. I proceeded to go on with my day, but that strange time glitch that morning was messing with my brain all day. Hi, Raven. I've been puzzled over this non-creepy glitch since 2016. So, I was living with my sister and brother-in-law. My sister left and would not be back for a few hours, so I decided to clean while she was gone. I finished the living room and was headed for the kitchen, and was relieved when my brother-in-law went to his man cave, that way I could completely focus on the kitchen. I washed all of the dishes, saving Freddy the cat's bowl for last in the dishwasher. I washed it really well, inspected it closely and rinsed it thoroughly, and placed it on top of previous dishes in the draining board. I turned around, grabbed a dish towel on the counter, and began to dry them and put them away. I had done two or three items and realized that I hadn't done Freddy's bowl. I know that it was on top but I totally looked around all the dishes, and it wasn't there. I finished all the other dishes, and still, it wasn't there. I looked on the floor, all the counters, every surface of the kitchen, and finally looked under the sink. I lived there for another three years, looking for it every day. And even now that I've moved, when I visit, I look. It's now 2023, and I believe that the Matrix took it. It's just so strange. I grew up on a street with the houses across from me, having their backyards buttered up against a cemetery. One of my friends and his older brother, who is the same age as my older brother lived on that side. At the end of our street was one of the entries to the cemetery. We regularly rode our bikes there. There were a number of ponds to skip stones in or catch frogs. Plus, the bike riding was awesome because it was dirt paths and never busy. 
The four of us and another neighbor were biking one day, after school, and we were hitting pretty low hills to do tricks. Nothing crazy, but the friend my age had a bad fall. His leg was really bad, and we all thought it was broke. His brother and the other boys stayed, and I rode my bike back to his house to get his mom. I knocked on the door and anxiously told her how bad he was hurt. She was confused and said that he was home. He walked toward the door like no big deal. I was frozen. I took my time going back to the cemetery to meet up with everyone else. No one was there anymore. I went home to see what happened to my brother and he was just eating snacks laying on the couch and watching TV. I asked where he went and he said that he hadn't left the house yet and that he'd just been hanging out. Before I knew of glitches, I thought maybe my friend was saved from this by a guardian angel, and I had just witnessed the outcome of it and no one else did. But now, I believe this to have been a glitch. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well. <laughs>